Hey everybody, this is Ben from Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy. I hope everybody is staying safe, following the quarantine rules, and uh, staying healthy. Uh, Kirk and I did record some new content. Uh, we're trying out some new technology to record while he is quarantined and I am quarantined, so you may hear some um, network hiccups and, uh, and potentially some keyboard uh, typing here and there, uh, other background noise, so we apologize for that, but it is sort of the, the new reality we're faced with for the time being, so we will hopefully be ha past this soon and back in our normal location. But in the meantime, we did want to try and get you something, some new content, something lighthearted to uh, pass the time and, you know, just try and maintain some semblance of normalcy. I think that's important to have in uh, challenging times like this. So, uh, so on that note, please enjoy the episode. Be healthy, be safe, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kurt Damon. And welcome back to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast that asks interesting questions that don't have any answers with your host, Ben Siders, that's me, and the other guy is, as always, Kirk Damon. That's Kirk, as in the captain of the Enterprise. Uh, we are quarantined intellectual property lawyers <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri, struggling to cope with being locked in our houses with our families for the last week and for the foreseeable future. Uh, on that note, we thought we would do something a little different for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to try and keep things light. I think everybody could probably use a little levity and fun. And we thought we'd just talk a little bit about, well, I was going to suggest like our best, like, like plague and zombie movies that we could go through, but that seemed a little, <laughs> a little too close to home. Well, they said number one download on uh, Amazon Prime, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, so we thought rather than going that route, we'd instead talk about uh, fun things we're doing to, to pass the time and to uh, entertain our children while we're stuck at home. So <laughs> we're not going to do a full hour long episode today. Uh, we're probably going to do something, uh, maybe half of that, maybe less. I should also say, our, our regular studios are obviously all closed, and so Kirk and I are recording on a podcast uh, remote recording app, so we're both sitting in front of our phones, he's at his house, I'm at my house, and we're, we're trying to record, so, so this you is actually the first, network. Time, the first time we've ever done an episode where we're not in the same room, so this is going to be kind of weird. Yeah, I'm staring at my Minecraft screensaver on my computer <laughs> right now, and I can't, normally I can see Kirk, and we can like not interrupt each other, although sometimes we do that anyway, but uh, so we're <laughs> Our, our quality may be off a little bit. We may get some network hiccups and some things like that. So we'll just, you know, this is this is the new the new normal for the time being, and we'll just deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking about Minecraft things. I'm staring here looking at a pile of Legos. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Minecraft, that's one of the things we're doing. Um, I tried to set up a Minecraft server for our neighborhood, but it turns out that all the kids in the neighborhood that I was going to set it up for, they all play the Bedrock Edition that's on like Nintendo and Xbox and like their tablets. And um, the version that we run here is Java, and they're not compatible. And I couldn't figure out a way to run a Bedrock server that they could play over, like, the public Internet. It's all, like, uh, land-based. So that's out. But me and my kids are still playing on our Minecraft server. And uh, they've actually, since I'm home uh, more and I'm not commuting, it frees up about an hour and a half of my day now. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we've been playing that, and uh, and I told each one of them that I would build them all a house of their choosing. So, of course, they've all chosen really, really difficult things to build. <laughs> well, my, my kids, have, we've been trying to keep them off of the uh, the tablets and the computers here as much as we can, mostly just so that you know it becomes an emergency backup when needed. Uh, today was the day I finally gave in and let them play around. We're, we're mostly dealing with the fact of trying to get the educational content from their schools. And then trying to figure out what is on it and what can we do with it. That's the biggest thing right now in conjunction with like one of their uh, 
their school programs won't run on one of their tablets. It's only run on the computer, which of course we need during the day when we're working. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it's it's proven to be a little bit you know crazy as to what it is. But yeah, they got finally got to play around for about three hours today. Well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So like Anna, Anna's in middle school. My my oldest of my young kids, she's in middle school, and they all get Chromebooks. So she's already got something that's already set up for school content. And then my youngest, Charlie, he's autistic, and he's also got a Chromebook as an educational aid. Um, he actually does better typing than writing. So um, so he actually, they've been doing pretty well. And uh, the, our school is kind of scrambling to get new content out to the kids. And my wife's filling in with some other stuff, too. And one other thing that uh, our neighbor's doing, our neighborhood, I should say, they set up a Facebook uh, group. And they do, uh, twice a day, they do uh, kids reading to kids. So like at 2 o'clock and 8 o'clock. There's a scheduled reading where one of the kids in the neighborhood will pick a book and then everybody connects to the Facebook live session. And then the one kid reads the book to everybody else. And they all, they're all going to kind of take turns doing that. So that's they just started that today and it's been it's been well received. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen anything really like that. Uh, we have our, our neighborhoods on next door. Um, and there's been a bunch of stuff bouncing around on that, but it hasn't been so much electronically live. Ours has been a lot more uh, live occurrences and things that are happening. So like, one of the ones they're doing in. The, one of those they're doing in our neighborhood is a bear hunt. I don't know if you've encountered this uh, in conjunction with your neighborhood. Uh, we did a shamrock wanna... hunt uh, last week, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's uh, everybody's, uh, if you're interested in doing it, you put a teddy bear in your window um, and people are trying to go around and locate all the teddy bears. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. So yeah, I kind of knew what it's based on the, what is it going on a bear hunt? It's yep. a, they, this is primarily for toddlers, you know, cause they like the book and stuff like that. So it's a, it's an interesting idea as to what it is. We haven't done it yet. I've been uh, you know, talking with the kids about doing it. We just haven't done it yet, but we'll probably will soon. We've also, yeah, uh, getting them exercises is challenging too. One of the things um, my wife has done is she's starting something called the jumping jack challenge where she just films the kids doing like a hundred jumping jacks or, or until they, they can't do anymore. Um, and then they, they tag a neighbor kid and then they film themselves doing it and tag a neighbor kid. So she's trying to start this viral jumping jack challenge. A poor choice of words, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to use the word viral right now. Yeah, I bet, I bet that comes to an end. Uh, but so, yeah, but it, it's uh, our neighbors are all doing it. That's one she's done. And the other thing she was doing, um, she did an Easter egg thing where she put like her, like we have the plastic Easter eggs that you can like split in half and put candy in them. Yep. She put all those in a box at, on one end of the basement. Put the kids on the other end, and she's basically having them do like like volleyball or basketball line drills, where they sprint down, grab an egg, sprint back, put it together, sprint down, grab an egg, and race <laughs> race to see who can do ten. So I'm, that's, and that's right underneath my office. So I'm sitting here trying to trying to get some work done, and I just hear kids like clomping and running around downstairs and crashing into things and stuff falling over. And but you know, everybody else I'm on calls with has the same thing going on. So it's yeah. Heard more people's dogs in the last week. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you call, you get dogs, you get little kids in the background, you get you know sort of the crazy comments. It's it's amazing what's happening on conference calls right now, um, with you know video conferencing calls, and we've had even the the kids are doing a lot of you know FaceTiming with their friends and stuff yeah. like that. It's you know randomly like, why is your brother there and you know, stuff like that coming across. <laughs> but my nephew, my nephew FaceTimed me earlier to get advice on on how to run his D and D campaign that they're all doing virtually now. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's nice. Yes, we we've been doing a lot. Of, we've been doing a lot of just you know basic board games. Our kids have not had so much of the issue with the uh, the getting outside. We've we've been trying to go outside. It's been a little chilly here. It's supposed to get nicer, you know, here in the, the later half of this week, which everybody's looking forward to. Uh, but our kids are doing a lot of. They're they're both learning to roller skate, and so there's been mm. a lot of roller skating around on the driveway. <laughs> yeah, I guess our, we've had some some neighborhood uh, attempts at get-togethers, but I'm I've got I've got various medical complications. So I'm trying to avoid any risk of anything happening. So I'm keeping our kids pretty tightly quarantined just for just for that reason. Yeah, I think, with, you know, most people, it seems like we have. I mean, I know on our block, you know, you, you see people on the street. If you know them, you cross the other side of the street. Yeah. That's that's the weirdest thing right now. I've, I, we did. We've done a number of the, the takeout, um, you know, the restaurant takeouts, brewery takeouts. Um, and stuff like that just to try to support some of the local businesses and you know one of the weirdest things about it is you go in to like pick up food and it's you know you're standing five or six feet away from the counter and then they it's, put the food on the counter then you walk them to get it and it's, it's it's a very weird feeling it's like everything's a cold drop like in a spy movie or something <laughs> yeah. except it, it's it, everybody feels and still feels uncomfortable doing it like that's the you know why you're doing it and everybody understands that it's being done but it still feels uncomfortable but yeah yeah i feel like, I, I want to apologize like sorry but you know what the rules are you know <laughs> exactly and it, i think that's the the biggest concern and it's you know you, you definitely are hearing stories and you know, i'm seeing them i'm not seeing them directly here but you're hearing the stories about the people who are not you know obeying it that are sort of running around and things like that and you know i that's the kind of i think the biggest worry is it's you know you get the the potential person who doesn't seem to want to obey it and you know the idea of the new normal we had one where it's the we have a elder cover down the block from us and their caregiver came in, you know, as their uh, in, in stay at home nurse, you know, it was very much, a, you know, I'm just going to stay back here. Yep. <laughs> it was like, you know, okay, you know, yeah, they just wanted to know they found something in their yard and just wanted to find out if, you know, we were, we knew what it was or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very weird scenario. I think, you know, it's what it is. And that's where, I mean, everybody's talking about, you can't avoid it on the news right now. And um, I think there is a lot of trying to be lighthearted, um, you know, even as we're trying to do a little bit in this podcast, just sort of talking about our stuff, but you know, we're doing it a lot with like watching, you know, what are we watching for kids content? We joke about it because one of the things we did is we went and raided the library before it closed. Oh, it's a good idea. Um, because none of the books are due until the library <laughs> opens. And, no late uh, fees. Force majeure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well actually they've uh, they, they actually for the most part waived late fees at the library anyway but it's one of those where it was like you know yeah just grab whatever you want i mean there were so many people in the library doing exactly that leaving these just piles of books and piles of movies you know we've purposely been trying to watch you know a lot of like lighthearted movies trying to avoid watching too much news or anything along those lines yeah. um and the big thing we've really noticed in conjunction with the movie so we actually watched like a lego batman movie today oh that's good uh, i like that yeah. one <laughs> and it was one of those where it's great it's you know what it was but it was one of those where it talks about you know the, the whole thing starts with you know batman alone in his mansion and it was sort of like wait this is seeming a little too real well we, I, I suggested to mackenzie it's my wife maybe we should finish watching uh, all the movies in the marvel cinematic universe but it ends with with endgame where half the planet's been killed <laughs> i'm like you know what also it's a little too close to home maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to watch movies because it's you know disaster scenarios are one of those things that are popular in movies the one we've had because it's um we just we've done a, a family trip we were at it in orlando just before um 
this whole thing came down and we realized there were a bunch of, you know, like cultural reference movies our kid didn't know. Uh, we had them watch E.T. before we went out there. So like, oh, yeah. they finally seen that. Uh, but we realized there were a bunch they didn't know. And now that we're back, we're like, we need to watch one of those. And one of them that amusingly enough was to that they wanted to go on is they went on the Kong Island ride oh, for okay, King yeah. Kong. And so we've been contemplating a little bit about Japanese monster movies. And like, I own the original Godzilla. I've seen it. Um, and that's one of those where I'm like, you know, I think we're going to have to the kids because you know, it's so not scary. It's so obviously yeah. Over dinosaur um, and things like that, but we were like, you know, that might be a good movie to get just because it's you know, like, well, it's a giant rubber dinosaur destroy Tokyo, and you know, be a little lighthearted that way. Hey, that reminds me, it would not be a lawyer's guide to the galaxy podcast if we didn't talk Star Wars. Do you want to give like your your two minute review of Rise of the Resistance? <laughs> um, so yeah, so we went on. When, like I said we were at, at Disney in conjunction with it. We went on pretty much all the Star Wars rides, went to Galaxy's Edge. Um, and checked it out so that's the new, the new take, star wars only themed land right yeah yep. yeah galaxy's edge is the star wars only themed land galaxy's edge is an experience um so we also had not seen pandora um which is another movie we actually had the kids do is watch avatar mm-hmm. uh, which i have to admit having watched that movie again reminded me quite how much i loved that movie um i still do i really love avatar yeah, we watched it too a just, couple weeks ago and I, well, I remember when i first watched it i was like it was good it wasn't as blown away by it as everybody else seemed to be but watching it again later with the passage of time i really did enjoy seeing it again yeah i was i was absolutely blown away when i saw it but i saw it in full hd 3d you know giant screen stuff like that and you know we watched it this time we watched it in 2d but it's the comment with it is it's just how beautiful of a movie it is you know and that was the thing that we really commented about and you know going and seeing pandora at disney was amazing unfortunately we were only able to stay there until just after dusk we had to run to make dinner reservations but at least we got to see it light up um and things like that not quite totally but you know close and it's you know, Pandora was amazing. That was our first day there, and and we loved it. And then the next day we went. We tried to get. Uh, we'd purposely done some stuff to get into Disney. Uh, we had a early breakfast plans uh, to get in there, so we got into Disney. Um, they have dramatically improved their, uh, from what I've heard from the the prior things, the way you get on Rise of the Resistance. But we were able to get Rise of the Resistance tickets. For those of you guys who don't know, Rise of the Resistance is Disney's sort of huge uh, Star Wars themed ride in conjunction with Galaxy's Edge. To get into it at eight o'clock, um, you have to essentially get in the Disney app. Um, and try to get a seat. And by eight oh one, all the seats are gone. It's a lottery, basically, uh, right? Yeah, it's a lottery. It's a sort of, you know, get in and get it fast. So we were there two mornings. We were at Hollywood Studios, which is where it is. Two mornings. We got in once and didn't the other day. But the first time we were, the first day we were there, we did get in. We got boarding pass, what was 42. Uh, anything under 47 is guaranteed to get on it. Basically, they always make it through about 80 anyway. It used to be guaranteed through 80, but it wasn't anymore, apparently. Um, they sometimes make it through as much as 120, depending on sort of how long the ride takes. But uh, so is, we it, got into is 42. it fair to call it a ride, Ethan? It is a ride. It is an utter experience. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things like we had no idea what it was going into it. And um, you can see plenty of stuff online. Like I'd watched some of the videos people had taken because people have phones out when they do it. And actually part of the gag is that people is that you, you're essentially captured as rebel spies. Uh, and of course, the, the actors who are, you know, you're working with who are also helping to gear the stuff in conjunction with the rides are repeatedly making jokes about your data pads. Um, with people have their phones out recording everything <laughs> going on and stuff along those lines. So, I mean, there's plenty of recordings you can get. The recordings do not do it justice. They really don't. I mean, I'd seen some of the recordings. I'd seen professional recordings where they'd shown some of the stuff. Um, I'd watched the Imagineering story, which talked about from Disney, which talked about how they'd made a lot of the ride. It, it doesn't do the ride justice. The, the ride is 
utterly amazing is just what it is. Knowing how it works from having seen like the imaginary story made it all the more impressive. Really? Um, just because it's, it's a free moving car. It doesn't follow a track. Um, it actually runs. And so one of the things, the key things in it is there's like a big scene, the, the famous scene in conjunction with you're underneath the big ad ads. You'll see it. It's the, the image that everybody's used to. And you get shot at by stormtroopers. There are four cars in the room. When you get shot at, the four cars scatter all over the place. They're, they hide in different places. And then they come back together again. And that's part of what made the ride so neat is the fact that like you were going everywhere. You had no idea where you were going. You had no idea where the other cars were going to go. Um, and you know, it was part of just sort of seeing what was going on and even seeing the other people in conjunction with the ride, but yeah, it was an utterly amazing experience. It's apparently about 15 minutes to take the ride did not feel that long, um, at all. It is a, it is a long ride. I would actually say it's effectively three rides in one. There's essentially an intro ride. Um, and then there's a second session, which is essentially a sorting section for the second ride. But, you know, you're working with a lot of actors. And I, I, I don't use the term actor lightly. I mean, these were ride operators, but they were definitely behaving much more like they were, you know, in, you know, in persona, um, you know, in character in conjunction with they were all Imperial officers. That's something uh, Disney historically done at the park. And they seem to be getting more and more into yeah, and they did a great job with it. You know, they did not break character, even though, you know, they could. They were purposely trying to make <laughs> things at times funny. I joke about it. So it's one of the ones is they kept trying to say, like, we'll interrogate you as to where the the uh, the, the rebel base is, because that's one of the reasons you've been captured. And I really wanted one of them to come up to me, and I was going to go, you know, Dentooine, they're on Dentooine! <laughs> <laughs> Just to see if I could get a reaction. They're not going to fall for that again. <laughs> 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 but it was one of those where it was a. Uh, uh, you should be like, yeah. can I interest you in a hoth? <laughs> I hear it's hoth. lovely this time of year. <laughs> well, one of the ones they actually came up with, they said, you know, what system are you from for the woman next to me? And she's like, Texas. And they're doing this whole thing with, what's the Texas system? What's the Texas system? And he finally calls over his superior officer and he's like, have you ever heard of the Texas system? And the superior officer looks at him totally straight face and is like, Texas system. Sounds like a horrible place. I mean, it, they, they did a great job staying in character. It was just really, really cool as an experience. It's also just an amazing ride. I mean, you feel like you are in Star Wars. I mean, you're, you're technically on board a Star Destroyer. That's basically what the, the primary thing behind it is. And you're trying to escape from a Star Destroyer. Um, and you really feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. Like you That's see awesome. characters, they seem real. Um, things like that. The, um, the first time when you first arrive on the Star Destroyer, you're, you're caught and you first arrive on the Star Destroyer is, and I'm not going to tell you about it just because it's people want to look at it. You can look at it online, but stepping out the door, essentially into the ride. And I mean, everybody in the entire thing was awestruck. We're like, this is just amazing. Um, you know what you saw in conjunction with that. And it was just, it was so amazing to see. Um, but yeah, so we really enjoyed that. We did also do the uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers run. Um, which is also a very cool ride. We didn't think it was nearly as cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in conjunction with it, uh, you know, just because of the thing. I also just generally love Galaxy's Edge. I like the idea of wandering around Galaxy's Edge. One of the things they do is they have a Disney Play app. And one of the key things you can do is you can scan the crates around it and find out what's in them and steal stuff, which is kind of a, you know, sort of unique. Uh, it's a way to waste time, basically, uh, when you're in lines and stuff like that. But it's kind of a fun thing to... Uh, to do in conjunction with it but yeah it's they really tried to make you feel like you're in star wars and you really do i mean you're walking around there and it really feels like you're in star wars even though you know everybody around you is in standard you know disney matching t-shirts um mm -hmm. it really is kind of an amazing it, it really was kind of an amazing thing and it, it what struck me was how much it even felt more like a world than even pandora which was designed to be a world yeah. 
Um, and, you know, really, again, kind of struck me as to what it was. Although I have to admit, like, our kids' favorite ride was actually the Avatar ride. They, they loved the, um, the flight, uh, the Banshee flight. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, first flight or something along those lines. Um, that was actually by far their favorite ride. Um, I think of any of the parks. Is that the one where you like you, you get in the seat and it like rolls you up and there's a big screen in front of you and it kind of tilts you back and forth and you feel like you're flying on something? Yeah, so it's it's that same ride system. It's what used to be uh, Soarin'. Yeah, I've been on Soarin'. Uh, it's the existing, yeah, so it's, it's the exact same ride system as Soarin', but it's supposed to be you're flying on a Banshee and you fly over Avatar. But the launch system's different. You don't actually see yourself go up. You're, you, you mount on these, you know, connection things for the Banshee. When you're in them, it's just a single row, and then the screen drops down in front of you. So I think they're they're either already vertically mounted or they, they pull them up when they pull the screens up. I don't know exactly how they do it. Um, but you're already engaged, and you, you have... 3d glasses on for that one as well which is a little bit different and there's a lot more you know smoke effects and and strong light effects and things which seem to deceive you as to what's going on with the actual ride machine um but yeah it's it's an amazing ride it was an amazing ride to do um really fun ride i think it you know they took soren which was a great ride when we went the prior time we got to disney soren had just opened um and you know we got to on that i thought it was a great ride at the time we went on soren again a couple days later and i was like you know the flight of the banshee takes this to a whole nother level. <laughs> like it's clearly the same same type of ride, but it just takes it to a whole nother level. That's terrific. Um, yes, yeah, I haven't yeah, been so, there in, in six or seven years. None of that stuff was there the last time I went. So we're looking forward to someday when we can leave the house again, <laughs> going back down. Yeah. <laughs> but we did that, and then we also did. We went to Universal and also did Harry Potter World, um, which is one of the things we don't talk about a lot on this show. Yeah, we probably, we should, probably should. Harry Potter. And uh, my daughter got very very seriously into Harry Potter. She's read all the books. We've seen all the movies. Um, and um. Uh, and things like that. So we went, we should really go to Harry Potter world. And the thing I have with Harry Potter world, if you, if you know it, it's the half of Harry Potter world is at each of the two universal studios. There's two different universal studios, parks, University of Florida and Islands of Adventure. And the, the Diagon Alley. So the sort of London yep. portion of Harry Potter is in uh, universal studios, Florida and the Hogsmeade, which is the small town surrounding um, the, uh, um, Hogwarts, uh, Hogwarts uh, Academy is in Islands of Adventure, and there's a train that connects them. You actually take the Hogwarts Express between okay. them. Uh, it's there's a little bit of a, a sort of controversy because it's you have to do a more expensive park pass to take the train because you connect mm-hmm. between them, so you have to have a pass for both parks in order to do it. Uh, but what I tell you about it is, I absolutely loved Hogsmeade. Um, it was probably my favorite place to be, even over Galaxy's Edge, just because you truly felt like you were in the Harry Potter universe and it was a kind of magical place. It was, you know, in, in the way Harry Potter is kind of a kid's magical place. It's kind of the, and, and it was one of those things like as I was there, I was even trying to put sort of a lot of times into words what it is. It's, it's the, the sort of forbidden things of being a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's part of what makes Harry Potter in some sense so popular, you know, I mean, everything's a candy shop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it's like kids kind of rule the roost and everything along those lines. The other thing they do is they do interactive wands. So you can buy wands. You can go to Ringotts and get wands. Both our kids got wands. Um, and you can do magic at various points where you actually walk up and they have sensors and you you move the wand in a particular pattern and something happens. That's cool. And, you know, it's one of those where, you, of course, you see 100 kids, you know, 100 kids do it before you do it. But it's still really cool to see and going and finding these places. But then there's, you know, just going into the stores and the shops. And again, it's incredibly well themed. Like, that's the thing you really get. Diagon Alley is literally there's like the some of the forward facing London buildings of, um, of Harry Potter. Like there's King's Cross Station and there's the, um, the safe house as well as the night bus, which is outside. 
and you kind of go around these corners and the way I describe best describe them is it, it's the corners that you're used to in airport mm-hmm. bathrooms. You know, so you have the, the, cor- the corner you go around that you can't see around and it feels like you go through a wall and suddenly you're in Diagon Alley. Um, and when you're in Diagon Alley, that's all you see is, you know, Harry Potter uh, world. And it's the same is true of Hogsmeade in many respects. Hogsmeade's a little more connected. Uh, it's right next to the, the trains on one side of it. I don't remember where that actually leads if you walk into it. Something we ever went out that way. But the other side, it's actually Jurassic World, and so it's that oh, it yeah. sort of nicely hides it actually because there's a lot of just trees and stuff like that um, off in that direction. But you know, was, we really enjoyed it. The other thing we were quite frankly stunned about is the food in the in, in the Universal Studios was quite good. Um, we ate. Was it better than Disney? It wasn't better than Disney. I have yet to encounter any theme park that that matches Disney for food, um, or has food is nearly as good. Um, and so you know stuff like that. But yeah, it's one of those where I think you get, um, you know, it was definitely solid, definitely fun. So we really enjoyed it. Um, definitely enjoyed the trip. We're glad we were able to do it. You know, sort of look forward to going back sometime. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, anything else we want to cover and talk about? How about board games? You guys playing any board games? Um, we've gotten a few. It's, uh, unfortunately, we haven't had a chance to get a lot of them started. We played a few sort of known ones, um, but we haven't really done any uh, the new games. We've got a bunch of new ones. We just haven't had a chance to play them yet. Uh, a lot of it's we're still trying to figure out routines. And I guess with two of us who work, um, you know, and trying to, we're both on computers at various different times and trying to keep the kids busy uh, for all of that. A lot of it's like we've already altered bedtimes. We're doing a lot of things like that. We're also quite frankly, because I enjoy it, my wife enjoys it as well. We're cooking quite a bit. So I talk about, you know, we're going out oh, and yeah. getting, uh, you know, takeout from, you know, food and beer places and stuff like that. But we've also done quite a bit of cooking. And like I did yesterday where I was like, you know, I'm going to make six things that take half an hour because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, I got the time. And so, you know, I've been doing just a lot of that kind of stuff. So we haven't had as much of sort of the game thing as we've talked about. Um, I have, as for those of you who know, my, you know, I paint Warhammer 40,000. I play Warhammer 30,000 quite a bit. Um, and my daughter's actually acquired an interest in painting the models, so she's actually been doing that some of that in the evenings. Oh, excellent! So <laughs> she's surprisingly good at it, actually. <laughs> well, I've so we've been playing a couple of games. Uh, the, the tricky part is so my Anna, the oldest, is 12 now, and then Charlie, the youngest, is six. And Charlie's a little too or seven now, he's a little too young to play, and he's also autistic, so har- hard for him to play a lot of these games. But um, for the my middle three kids are all 27 months apart from oldest to youngest. So they're all kind of in that prime age where they're able to play more complicated board games. And the couple we've been playing lately, one is called Code Names. Have you heard of that one? I haven't heard of it. It's, it's pretty cool. Basically, you're, you know, you have two teams of two. So my wife and I each play with, with, the, with two of the kids on one team and one kid on the other. Uh, you put down a five by five grid of code names on the table. And then um, each one of the teams has a spy master who knows which one of those code names is a spy for your team, which one is a spy for the other team, and which ones are like bystanders or, or an assassin. And then you have to say one word that tells your field operative, who's the other person on your team, um, which, got, which one to pick. So like one of the things may be um, uh, like Berlin. So I would say Germany, and then my teammate would know Berlin is one of ours. Uh, but what makes it challenging is you can also tell them how many cards you think match that word. So if you have, you know, like mountain and hill, you might say, you know, land or t- terrain or something like that. And then you tell them two. So they know there's two cards to, to check. Um, and it, it really gets challenging. Um, 
because you you, you know you want to whoever gets the, gets all their spies found first wins. So okay. it's kind of fun to find a way to like look at the board and you have to also say a word that's not going to accidentally lead them to pick one of your opponent's uh, cards. So it's it's a really fun game. Uh, it's deceptively uh, simple, uh, yeah. but my kids have really enjoyed it and we've been playing that. And then today we got a new game called Skull S K U L L, which is a very simple game. I don't even know how to explain it because like when I tried to explain the rules to them and even to my wife, they they just stared at me blankly. Um, all I can say is it's basically a psychological warfare game with your family <laughs> where Jeez. you're, you're putting little discs down. Uh, it's all themed on like, like Mexican day of the dead. Uh, so you're putting all these discs down that have the, one of them has a skull and one does not. And you put them face down and they kind of go around the table and put these discs down. And then at some point someone calls a challenge and you have to guess how many you can flip back over without revealing a skull. Okay. And once you get to play the, once you get to play the game, you'll kind of see how the strategy evolves. Like you can place your own skull down and then try and trick people into, uh, you know, uh, taking a challenge and flipping over yours. So it's got a lot of like bluffing and a lot of also like card counting and math elements. It's like a very simplified version of poker where it's not really about winning a hand. It's just about outsmarting the people you're playing with. It's, it's again, deceptively simple, very fun. We opened it up today and my kids played probably 20 games of it and you can wrap up a game in like 20 minutes. It does not take long to play at all. So skull, uh, really, really fun. Yeah, we have one that's uh, sort of similar to that, actually, a little, made by a little tiny uh, game development company, I think out of Ohio, we bumped into them at a, at a, a fair, um, I think it was, I think it's Bearded Games, Bearded Brothers Games, mm-hmm. um, the game's called Maybe It's Poison, um, and the idea behind it is you you need, the more players, the better, it's anywhere from, um, you basically need a minimum of about two to three, uh, works pretty well with four, um, you always have, a, I think it's a minimum of five to six places set, but basically you sit teacups around their coasters, um, and all but one of them is poisonous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is you can at any time call cheers and everybody has to drink the cup in front of them. And the idea is that the cup in front of you is not poisoned, but you have a handful of cards and the cards tell you how to move the cups. You can look at certain cups at certain times, but the cards are all very random. So there's a lot of things where like the cards will be take your, you know, swap hands with your opponent or play a cards from your opponent's deck or from your opponent's hand. Um, you know, shuffle all of the, the teacups, move the teacups around in random ways, you know, things like that. So the idea is you have to first figure out which teacup isn't poisoned. And then you have to figure out a way to get it in front of you without everybody figuring out where it is <laughs> and why you're trying to get it in front of you. Cause they know what, they know which cups you've looked at. So, you know, if you have like one sitting, you know, two away and you keep trying to move one clearly towards you, that's that implies that, you know, Hey, that's the one that, that they should look at. And since everybody looks at one every turn, you very quickly discover like, you have to know it. Once everybody sort of knows where it is, you want one of the cards that makes it random and gets rid of it. So that people can't find it again um, and things like that. But yeah, we had one like that. The biggest game we've been playing a lot of recently is one that uh, my, my son loves. We played, it's a, a great game called sleeping Queens, I never... um, which is a simple, just a basic, simple card game. Um, the cards are very funny, which is part of it, but it's basically like you're trying to awaken uh, Queens. They have both a point and a, a, an actual number of Queens and a, a point value associated with each of them. Whoever can awaken the most of them. But you know, when you awaken them, there's a way to awaken them, which is playing a King. Um, if you can also uh, steal your opponents by playing a Knight, which can be countered by playing a dragon. Cause the Knight would go rather go fight the dragon, or you can send theirs back to sleep by saving the sleeping potion, but it can be countered by a magic wand. Uh, the thing that's cool about it is when you get the um, the cards, the cards that are sort of worthless are numbers. 
And the way you get rid of them is you can discard any any one card. You can discard any cards that are the same. So like if you have three nines, you can discard the three nines. You can also discard any uh, cards which are in addition or subtraction. So you can discard a one, two, and three because one plus two equals three, um, which we have now done with our kids. That it's any mathematics. Oh. So they're allowed to use multiplication or anything <laughs> else. Roots. Um, just say it was. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, sort of stuff like that. But that's a, a game that they've been thoroughly addicted to. And then we just discovered the only one we played that's kind of new um, is called, I think it's a Genius Square. I'm trying to look at the box in conjunction with it. The best way to describe it, it's a puzzle game. You have essentially Tetris blocks. You roll a bunch of dice and it puts blocking things on your square. And then you have to fill the square with your Tetris blocks before the, your opponent does the same. Hmm. Um, and so it's a really kind of fun game. It's a neat puzzle game. You can play it individually on yourself just against a timer, or you can play it against two players. Um, I really enjoyed playing it. It was a lot of fun playing it with the kids, um, and they were having fun playing it. And, you know, as they said, some of the combinations are easy. Some of them are hard. At least one of them has a, the way the dice are set up. It's mathematically set up that every single puzzle has at least one solution. Some have multiple solutions. We were just good. We actually reached the point of it was whoever got it first. Then the other, we had, we all worked together. So the second person got a different solution. Yeah. And the question was, how different can we make it? Um, but yeah, I'd recommend those as to what we had. So those are some of the ones. I mean, I'm looking at we got a stack of games over here we haven't played yet, which are all new ones. So we'll see how those yeah, all work got, out. In the course we've of got some to try games. as well. Uh, that haven't haven't cracked open yet. We did play Pandemic last week just just for for giggles, but no <laughs> nobody wants to play it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's that's the problem with Pandemic as a game is it's very very easy well, to lose. Yeah, we have we have one which is same idea. It's a it's a cooperative game called Forbidden Island where you have to escape us an island that's sinking into the water. Um, so yeah, we got this. We're gonna play that one here shortly. Well, same if anybody idea. out there has suggestions for for board games or other activities, feel free to tweet them at us or email them to us. And I'm guessing we're probably gonna have more podcasts like this before we get back to a regular schedule. So we'll go through uh, those things and. Maybe next yep. time we'll also go through some of the, uh, the the listener mail that we have been neglecting uh, for the for, the, for, for literally years, but, <laughs> but we, we not intentionally, not intentionally. We just discovered this problem a couple of weeks ago. But we've been busy since then, so I haven't had a chance to get back to it. Well, we'll. Yep. The other thing definitely is if you are listening to the podcast, you know, feel free to jump on, you know, talk with us on social media, send us questions, send us stuff you want us to talk about. Um, I know, you know, people are using a lot of electronic platforms just as some form of communication to look for people. That's part of the reason we're putting this content out. We know it's, you know, it's not going to be our normal stuff and things like that. But just if, you know, you guys are used to listening to us, you like listening to us, it'll give you something yeah, to listen to. to get to. some content out there that's a little lighthearted and not uh, not super heavy, even though I keep going back and mentioning all the zombies. How can you yeah, not? It's kind of hard to avoid, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of memes discussing what people are going to look like when this is over. Yeah, yeah going back to my point about exercise, stay safe, uh, stay healthy out there, <laughs> obey the quarantine rules, and uh, so hope everybody is, is taking care yeah, of training, themselves. Training, training, I think they shouldn't obey the quarantine rules, get pandemic and play yeah. and you'll understand why you need to. We actually, Kirk and I both know somebody who did, did have the coronavirus and got through it, and I talked to him today. He described it as um, awful and uh, said, wouldn't wish it on anybody, so... Be safe out there, and uh, I don't have my my call sheet in front of me, so we'll just uh, we'll read this out uh, more informally than usual. Any any last thoughts, Kurt? I think we're good. I think we'll uh, check with you guys in a week and see where All right. going. All uh, right, stay safe out there, everybody, and we'll see you next. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees 
agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri. 